0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rico's Watches Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm joined today by returning guest and good friend of mine and fellow Canadian, Matt Smith-Johnson, who's a watch designer known as Teenage Grandpa on Instagram, and he's currently working with uh, Viro Watch Company, so he's here to talk to us about his newest uh, piece, The Workhorse. How's it going today, Matt?
1: It's going really good. Good to see you. Glad ah. to be on yet again. i uh enjoy uh, our discussions. But yeah, I've been very fortunate to be working with uh, Vero on uh, uh, the piece known as The Workhorse, which released uh, earlier this month. And uh, yeah, it was a long time in the making. I think we started the design process right after the pandemic kicked off, so just about two years ago. And yeah, um, you know things were obviously slower during that period because everything going on but mm-hmm. uh yeah we, we got it done and i'm super happy with the result and you know we all believed in this even though it was kind of different um but the response has just been like overwhelmingly positive and we're all kind of like surprised like oh people like it i <laughs> really really like it so yeah it's been great man and, and and working with chris and with barrow has just been awesome so
0: yeah That's fantastic, man. I know, uh, you know, when I was kind of thinking back on some of the previous episodes we did and some of the conversations we had, you know, we had discussed uh, certain designers and their influences on you and your work, uh, I think in our last episode, and I've definitely seen some of that come through in the design of the workhorse. So I'm really excited to to get into that. But before we do all that, I'm sure everyone already knows the answer, but what's on the wrist today?
1: (laughs) Today it is, it is the workhorse in uh, the Canyon colorway, which this is the one I've been wearing the most. Um, yeah, it's just been like, you know, I, I'll say this is actually the color. When I did the initial concepts for the workhorse, this was the color I used. So this kind of was like through the project throughout that's just kind of like always stayed as like one of the, the like staple colorways for working on it and developing the design. And, uh, because of that, you know, it really kind of like, it's just so burned into my brain that this feels always like the most appropriate one
0: to, to put on. Yeah, it's such a, such a beautiful watch, man, and some really, really interesting design cues in it, and you can tell that there's definitely some influences from different brands and different designers over time, but it's, a, it's a wholly like its own unique thing, and I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's one of those things where like it looks familiar, but you've never seen anything like it, you know? Kind of a, a really interesting uh, and hard concept to achieve, I think, with a watch design, and yeah, super exciting, dude. That's really, really cool that you are able to do that.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, out of all the concepts that i came up with like there were four initial concepts um two of them were kind of variations on this theme actually but Mm -hmm. they were all quite different like the three had like really different pathways let's say creatively um and this one was the the risky one you know like i'll hold up the other one i got the the back country so like this was this was the 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 riskier way to go okay and you know it was just kind of yeah it was peculiar but in a good way and it was just refreshing and and out of all the designs too i kind of put myself you know they say to never do this as a designer like you just you, you get the brief and you try to like solve the problem but like i mean it's inevitable a little bit of yourself will get into the things you create Uh, But out of all the options, I felt like this one was the one that I put more of myself personally and the things that I really like and value into it. So when it was kind of selected and then developed and built out, I will say I was really nervous about this launch, much more so than any other piece I had worked on. Because, yeah, like there's an element of vulnerability to that where, you know, you're going to have just yeah something that you feel is like it's a little more personal out there in the world and i knew it was like a risk and like we were kind of preparing for you know chris is awesome and mm-hmm. working with him is great as i've already said but he really believed in it like when i showed him you know the 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 rendering of this um he was just like yes i don't even care what other people say like i want one like mm-hmm. i think it's cool that's why it matters you mm-hmm. know like we we're gonna we're gonna go ahead with this like i i really like it and I had some serious moments of doubt. I honestly, I like, this is not a joke. I had a straight up like anxiety nightmare about this, because if you look at the registers, like they're, you know, like we have a 60, 60, I don't know how good it's going to be on the webcam, but you know, there's a, and plus the glare, but this is a 60 minute counter, right? And this is just running seconds over here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's clean look and it's not every single minute isn't indicated. Right. And we did that intentionally. We were just talking about, you know, like you're going out for a hike or I use my chronographs while I ride my bike. Like I'm not an Olympian. I don't need to know the exact finish line time. I just want to know how roughly how long that took and you know, okay, calculate my return time. Or can I add on an extra route? Like I don't need to know down to the nitty gritty. So yeah, I don't use my chronograph that stringently. And it's supposed to have a bit of a relaxed kind of attitude and feeling to it. And, and I had a nightmare that like everyone hated it and because, and they were all like, look at this. And I like woke up and redid the, 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 the pad print uh, for that. So that it had every, every minute. And I sent it to Chris and I called him and I was like, I don't know, man. Like I just had this weird <laughs> feeling like we should do this. And he was like, no, man, like, it's cool. Don't worry. Like it's, the, it's fine the way it is. You know, we don't like, you know, if we really want to go into it, we can talk to them about getting the pad print changed. But yeah, I just, I had a lot of, I was really nervous of how this was going to go and I'm really, really pleased and I feel really grateful that it went or it has been going well, the way it's been going, right? Like the response was so positive. We were all just kind of like, Oh, we were preparing for a lot of people to go like, I hate it. And of course that does happen, but like very sparingly, like we're, we're surprised. So. I, think,
0: I think like, you know, like, first of all, like, like Chris is, is awesome. He has such a g- unique vision on, watches and how they're gonna interact with his brand and the style of watches he wants i mean he had the open water before this release and same thing like didn't really look like anything else that was kind of out there but the workhorse is just a, a phenomenal phenomenal example of you know really truly kind of putting in your own expression of what you think a watch could look like in your own inspirations and doing something really different because i mean like you know i think everyone looks at, a, at that watch and sees different things right like i see you know i see like a heavy Guajaro influence, which I think we've talked about Guajaro before. That's, that's
1: definitely in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: so there's, there's some Guajaro, obviously. There's, uh, you know, some, and, and his. Inter- his uh, influence on watches like the seiko ripley for example um so there's some of that i see you know some arnie in there some of the, the arnie uh, uh wrist uh, alarm kind of tuna thing that he had going yeah. on there's some g-shock there's a little bit of everything and i think it's you know you've really blended together some of these really really cool brands and influences you know it looks like a watch that, like an 80s action hero would wear that is the I that is
1: <laughs> that is the best line for it actually I love that I love 80s action movies so just put that out there I love also Arnold's movies like I mm-hmm. I, I i grew up watching those and I still watch them even the the cheesier the better I love
0: <laughs> like exactly
1: you know total recall and commando and predator those are those are like I I go back to those time and again um, and yeah like there is like There was definitely an aesthetic and there was a discussion about that. And and this project actually kind of changed and I'll come back to that. It it was intended sort of differently, but once Chris saw the design, he really, really went for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'll come back to that, but, but just like this idea, we we were talking about just the brief, right? Like before I even pen hit paper, I was like, what do we want this thing to do? And uh, originally the project was just kind of called like the beater watch project. You know, we need a a beater, something that's going to be beat up it'll look good when it's been beat up you know like look at watches that have that and of course when we're looking at the you know the the old you know tunas or like those those kind of watches Mm. from you know that when they age and they chip and they scar it kind of looks cool like it adds something to it not everyone's into that i i like it Mm -hmm. um and and we be like yeah let's let's do that and then the idea that you know there is a very you know uh, especially with like like seiko uh, and and you know Citizen and, and G Shock like their watches they have a very you know like like a Japanese or Asian design kind of like informed look you know like like I, I have a I have a G Shock that sometimes I wear for for activity it's got a heart rate monitor on it and it looks like something out of Gundam Wing you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it, mm-hmm. it looks it it looks very much. Like that and that's what g-shocks look like right and, and that it fits their history but there's no north american version of that and we kind of said can we do the north american response to like the g-shock in a way
0: I was going to say it, it it looks like it looks kind of like exactly like the western world version of a G-Shock, right? And it sort of it sort of has like, you know, a, a, and it's funny you, you brought up like a Gundam or anime and I kind of like I thought like it almost looked like something right out of Akira, the old, the classic, you know, the classic oh, anime, right? Oh, I so I love that. I right? love Akira. <laughs> it looks like but it, it looks like the watch that, you know, would match like the motorcycle, right? The Honda with the Citizen sticker on it and everything. Like it's it's perfect. It's such a cool it's such a cool watch and and it's I love that it has an an analog, it's almost like an analog G-Shock, and I think that's really, really cool. So talk to me about the, I guess, specific design elements of the watch, because there's so much going on in a great way. Like it's a chronograph, it's got all these buttons and pushers in places that aren't necessarily traditional uh, places where you would find them on a lot of watches. So just explain let's just pick it apart let's start from top to yeah. bottom and let's let's talk about kind of your influence on it the influences that you know helped you uh, design this watch and really like what what when we look at this watch what are we looking at
1: yeah for sure and uh, i'm just going to grab something from down here in case i need them as visual aids uh along the way but you know like yeah there, there's definitely so the idea was to you know we wanted it had to be a chronograph Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was something that we kind of discussed. And um, and I will go back to that point that I was going to touch. I I said, I would come back to, which was originally this was only going to be like a loaner watch mm-hmm. like it was just like if you because if they have the 10 year warranty, if you break your open water doing something you know, on your motorcycle accident or whatever and, and you know you're okay but like you can send in the watch in a, in a bag and the unlimited 10-year warranty will will cover that but while you wait for us to rebuild <laughs> your significantly damaged watch we would send you this beater watch kind of is like uh, you wear this in the meantime almost like not a joke but like here this is something super rugged you won't break this will you like haha and it was just like kind of like that yeah do do a small run do something like that or maybe just make it available to people that have already you know got some Vero pieces and you know this project really evolved and and also again once Chris saw the initial concept which became the workhorse that is on my wrist like he just kind of was like yeah this has to be more Mm -hmm. and when he shared it around with people they were like you know yeah yeah make you gotta you gotta make this this has to be a thing but anyways. So it's got to be like rugged and and, and, and it's got to be, you know, very robust. So we, we also kind of thought, well, because it started in that place of like, oh, this is going to be, you know, maybe a small run or whatever. But we kind of were a lot freer. I think it freed me up as a designer to not worry about how things are done. It really just let me be like, well, like, who cares, like how things are done? Like, you know, I'm going to see what I think should be done. Mm-hmm. and you know, the idea of, you know, having like very, very short lugs, right? So I, I don't have like the largest wrist in the world. I think it's like, you know, 6.7 inches or something. It's, 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 it's under seven. Um, Chris has also a similar sized wrist. And I was like, so I have to be able to wear it. You know, it's mm-hmm. gotta be able to fit me and not look, look ridiculous. So, you know, having the short lug to lug, it's like, okay. And then, you know, what, what are things that I like? Well, I like, you know, and this is again, where the personal uh, comes in a, a little bit to this but I like the simple kind of statement the visual statement of like uh, you know say like a Alain uh, Silberstein uh, watch where it's got kind of like also like a a, a can body right mm-hmm. like it's very definite and clear shapes and I thought to make it look kind of rugged and stuff we should use like definite and clear geometry mm-hmm. uh, and one of the inspirations for this too and I, it was you know we were looking at when we started saying like, this has to be like a Western world response to the G-Shock. So we started immediately Christmas, like, you know, like the like 70s Broncos have mm. that look to them. You know, they're like really rigid in structure, even the older ones, like they're really, really geometric. And um, also, this is what also informed this colorway, because I saw a picture of one with the, I think it's called like the Sun Sunset uh, stripes on the side. Okay, uh, and It was it was a tan color, but also the, the Willys Jeep. You know, you look at the Willie's Jeep and you look at the, the great that's got these oblong, you know, it's like a rectangle with a mm-hmm. circular form at the end and the lights around and it's it's all very purpose. It looks purposeful when you do it like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought, OK, like like that, that helps. So we, we've we got part of the design language even before, you know, started to have like a full concept down, but like, OK, so that's why, you know, you'll have like rectangular push- pushers, circles, circles on circles and just try to like keep emulating shapes and, and complement them. But that's something I, I do typically in my designs anyway. Another thing that I thought was like, you know, um, again, going back to like some of the military or inspiration, I was looking at a flat pack because those Willys Jeeps, they would just airdrop them in, in a crate and mm-hmm. you have to be able to like pop it open and assemble it on spot. So there's like instructions and things. And some of the stuff is sprayed onto various surfaces. It's just on there, like put, put the nuts on like this. So like, you know, so like labeling things became important. So you can't, you're, there's no way you're gonna be able to see it, but it says run, stop on this one. Mm-hmm. And then this says uh, reset. And then this actually has a little on all the crowns. It has a little thing that says unscrew okay. so you can see it with the arrow direction. So I was like, okay, it's gotta be really practical. And uh, again, you know, the, the running seconds for the chronograph and minutes, Uh, are color synchronized with that. So there's a purpose to it. It's not just for style. It's like this will operate that, right? Because we knew, okay, I'm putting this in a slightly unexpected position. So I need to make it extra clear that these are connected somehow. You know, really thinking of it as like, kind of like how they do with web design or through the user experience, right? And how the, the user interface and things need to be like, a button needs to look clearly like a button. If it doesn't look like a button, people won't find it and they mm-hmm. won't be able to use your website. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like brought that into the into the watchmaking uh, or sort of watch design a little bit. And um, yeah, and then, you know, the other thing too is like, so then we started playing around and and we had it designed and I think I've tr- I we tried the chrono, like, you know, we tried we're doing like uh, 12 and 6 for the registers uh, and then I had it the other way around. And then I, you know, we were looking at it and I had the thought and I said, you know, like I, when I ride my bike and I go like this with my, you know, I used to wear a marathon uh, CSIR and I, I would hold the things and I go like that and the crown digs into my mm-hmm. hand that it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so like they, so now they have to be also like the crowns are really inset, right? Like they're, they're very they're very narrow. This one and this one's narrower than this one for a good reason, which I'll get back to. But so I made them larger this way around so i can't remember what the exact dimension eight millimeters it's, it's quite large mm-hmm. but it's got it it's got a knurling on the edge. it's very easy to, to grasp but the knurling also uh, it's only where you would interact with it because i also noticed that like a lot of watches that have like the knurl that goes all the way down the crown you never touch that back part you just you only ever interact with the edge so i really tried to as i was building this out to like think of like what parts are actually going to be touched what parts are actually going to need to be tactile, like, and have like a feeling like there's ridges on here that you can just, you know, just as a tactile thing, you can, if you're just groping around quickly, you can feel the difference between this, which is polished and this and find a pusher pretty easily without looking. Um, This one is is larger also because while you're wearing it, you can use it. uh, So I can unscrew and engage the bezel without taking the, You know, I could set that internal bezel without removing the watch. So it needs to come out and the bull bar is there. So we needed to add extra clearance to that. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of thought (laughs) went into to every piece of this, you know, and again, the bull bars, this is a very much like a nod to the eighties and nineties, like Mm -hmm. SEOs used to come with that a lot more often. I've certainly had a a G-Shock with these bars. Um, And yeah, again, like because we have the flat crystal, it just adds a little bit of clearance you know, think of your cell phone case, right? Where they just try to add that little bit of lip so that if you drop your phone on the table or the ground or something, you know, there's something so you don't hit the glass directly and and crack it. Um, So again, and and that speaks to, even though you might not look at it and know exactly that that's what like put two and two together, like, oh, these bars will protect the glass. It's all purpose driven, right? And like, you might not look at a jeep that's got a wench and a rack on the roof with all these lights i don't know what all that when are you when are you going to use those roof i have no idea you know or the snorkel that comes out like so you might not even know what that is but you know it's something that enhances the the utilitarian kind of feel of it and there's another thing too there was a lot of feel that went into this of like you know we were looking at as i said land rovers broncos willys jeeps i was looking at you know different like you know uh like Ralph Lauren uh, jackets and stuff that were kind of like expedition jackets. We were looking at Patagonia, uh, North Face stuff, you know, for hiking and just like what looks like is purpose built and looks like that. And what are the cues? And 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 not just to use the cues because, but like figure out like, oh, that looks like that. And there's a there's a purpose for this, maybe this division in fabric or this division in, in color that you wouldn't think of. It's like, you know, if you ever see an old flight jacket in the hood is yellow have you ever seen those where they have the hoods you can pull up well the hood is yellow because if you bail and you're in the water bobbing around you need to throw the hood up and go hey help me and they'll see the yellow head bobbing in the water so it's just like you know that's kind of like how how we were thinking about this is everything has to have a have a purpose and yeah and, and it just like it came together man like i don't know like this is really close to the initial concept for this, uh, there was some refinement we played around with the hands a lot and what movement and exactly the diameter of the case and those proportions, but like it pretty much from like the first concept to the end like and I put this as option number one in the, in the first presentation too because I really liked it and I just thought i'm going to start with like. Let's start with this you know let's just kick it off with a bang and 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 see and it, it you know it obviously got a got a response and yeah and you mentioned you like gi and, and he is a definite influence of mine to a point where it's like um i know he informs things i do and it's not even intentional i just like you know he, he made the delorean for christ's sakes like oh, i grew yeah. up worshiping that car and then even before i knew who he was and like other vehicles like the you know the panda the fiat panda or the or the the uh generation one uh volkswagen um gti you oh, know that looks really cool well it's it's the same guy you know what i mean like there's just something to his language and again if you look at those cars like there's a simple geometry there's something there that just lend itself good to this so yeah i sure it's i think there's that's definitely when people have quite a few people have pointed out that influence and I it's I it is clear I
0: think yeah well I think there's some of that and then also there's it's it's sort of the modernization and the reason for that as well is like I mean you look at like the current Ford Mustang right that's heavily influenced by the Wajaro concept that he made I think in like 2006 or something like that right so you're seeing that that modernization or that carrying forward of his design as well too into today's contemporary setting so i mean there's definitely some of that influence but it's still something that, especially seeing some of your other pieces that you've worked on over the years it's still something that's very wholly yours and and you sort of uh alluded to an element of this being part of a larger collection or part of a continued partnership Can we talk a little bit about that and also how did this so then you know obviously there is this partnership with Chris and with Vero but How did it actually come to be? How did this partnership happen?
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think like I would chat through Instagram with Chris and I met him ages ago at like a, one of the first wind up events in New York. I think they had a booth there. Um, and all the models of watches they would have had there have been long since discontinued. Um, I think they had maybe the 36 uh, millimeter watch they did they had a hand wind and then they did one with with worn and wound and that was there and you know I, I i spoke with him a bit and you know just you know pleasantries hey nice watch you know whatever uh but yeah we we chat online a bit and then he he came to me and i i i don't know if it was might have been from being on your show initially as well He said, oh, like let, let me let's just talk about this stuff and i have this project and i've seen you've done other watches you know like let's Let's talk about working on this. And then uh, I also, I bought uh, an open water. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I thought it was cool when it came out. Uh, But I had actually already, because I started this project, as I said, like, you know, 2020, um, I had already seen the renderings of it. And I went, oh, that's cool. Like, and and there was a couple. There was actually a couple things in the renderings. Where I was like, well, I don't know about that. I don't know, but they changed them. So they were, the, and it was the couple things I was kind of like, I don't know. It would look a little better like that when it released. It was exactly what I thought. I was like, okay. So like, where like there was something there. I was like, even seeing that open water from the rendering that I saw to when it released, I was like, okay, we're on a similar wavelength. With, mm-hmm. but we we all saw the same thing there and made the same correction, right? So. um, But yeah, and then, and then I, you know, again, as I said, this started off as being just kind of like a a bit of like a experimental project and then grew into something else. So I think, you know, he was, he was drawn to me because of like the project with the RADOXX and I had been just doing like, you know, these small, like limited edition kind of niche things. And then, yeah, this is actually a perfect lead into, uh, you know, the ongoing stuff. So I was working on the workhorse. Uh, we were going into, like, making colorways and working on, like, you know, there there will be, you know, I think it, I can say, like, there will be future colorways of, mm-hmm. of the workforce that, that come out. So we're working on that. And uh, and then uh, I was doing the refining time post at the time because my my workload and <laughs> my day job uh, of being a designer was still a bit light. So I had the time. I was putting those posts together. And, uh, you know, Chris liked them. And then we started talking about, I can't remember which particular one but he said hey like I got something else that maybe was you know thinking about he saw the refining time and said you know I think I have another thing maybe that you could work for and it'd be kind of like you know it was a couple can't. Like, hey, I don't want to give too much away but there's a couple of things from the refining time that just sparked it in him and then he was like hey look at this so that led me to designing uh, another piece with them which will be another future release and that design process is pretty much done. And it's in, you know, stages of uh, prototyping and uh, whatnot. So that's, that's, so there's other things there. And uh, then there was like another project that came up shortly thereafter, uh, or even during that one, it's like, Hey, could we look at this too? And so we brought in another thing and started playing around with that. And then there was another thing more recently, where he's like, Hey, can we build this out? But I think the reason why this is happening is like, you know, when we were first talking, um, you know, I think it's actually on the shelf way behind me. You won't be able to see it, but like on my sideboard back there, I have the Nike book Mm. that talks about some of their like unique stories as like building a brand and how they started from like this small, you know thing that was operating out of a shed next to the track and field <laughs> you know out of, the, out of the out of the caretaker's shed i think is where they were started making those waffle old runners and then you know to where they are now where they're like making like you know super crazy elite running shoes that they put millions of dollars of research into refining you know the zoom fly i think is what those were called and it's just it's interesting as a designer i like to hear those stories and how people think their way through a problem or even identify the problems and i was talking to Chris about this and we both kind of were talking about sneakers and how those brands developed and even just like you know just kind of we set set on like you know watch companies kind of don't do that not all of them but like you know like I think some brands like you know not to besmirch one of the big guys but like Breitling you know uses a you know a chased photo of John Travolta standing on a runway with a old vintage aircraft behind them and they go that's lifestyle it's like well I, no one can relate to that you know it doesn't look fun either like you know like it doesn't uh actually you know another person has been pointing this out after we had this conversation but I've seen the same sentiment is on uh, the Instagram account uh, Dime piece and they have been taking like fashion shoots mm-hmm. of like from fashion magazines where people are doing wild crazy stuff and it looks like a blast and they're like why doesn't how come watch advertising or brand building doesn't look like this you know Mm. like just just uh, just putting it out there and so i was kind of saw that and i was like okay like we're (laughs) because we were thinking like how do we make this build this out into like a statement for a brand rather than just like one watch you know Mm. and and i think that's why i got involved in more things because i saw it as like you know my day-to-day stuff as a designer i do like a lot of packaging i do the logos for people i'll help build a brand from scratch essentially and i've taken some brands through my career like i remember some you know i started out with the logo made their packaging and ended all the way to their storefront you know like doing every touching something along the way the whole way or guiding that process in some way and like it really makes for a, like a cohesive kind of like narrative and i think that's the idea that chris saw in, in our conversations and speaking with me was it like or maybe this is the guy that can tie this all together and tell a narrative through pieces right and help him reach his kind of like his communication goal as a brand you know like i think that was what he wanted to focus more on is like i want to build a brand not just be a maker of stuff because like it has to have our reason and and he has some really cool ideas and i you know so we we've yeah it's, it's been awesome working with him we really just like i feel like it, it's a it's a very complimentary kind of uh perspectives that we have working on anything with them so yeah
0: Absolutely I, mean, I think in my interview with Chris uh, a while ago we he mentioned that that essentially he's trying to create a lifestyle brand not just not just timepieces or, or maker be a maker of equipment but as I look at these watches here and I have them pulled up and you mentioned you know that there's sort of that inability for the average everyday watch consumer to um, identify with a lot of the bigger brands and the lifestyle they're trying to portray so if you could put it into your own words I know we kind of joked about 80s action heroes but I don't think that that makes up the majority of the watch uh, the watch community um, who is this watch really made for? Who is the target audience uh, for this watch? And I guess, you know, how did that uh, inform your, or influence your uh, design of it? So,
1: yeah, again, like, and and, and in a way we kind of thought about this a little different I and I have done this before I've thought of like an ideal person that would be attracted to something right Mm -hmm. but then going back to the vehicles we 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 always there's these were great jumping off points You look at like an overlander vehicle right with Mm -hmm. the doors taken off a snorkel big tires like you can run that through the mud you can run it over the rocks you can take it through the desert you can drive it down to the beach and put your surfboards in the back it doesn't all, and all those people can be different people. You know, you could be a wilderness adventurer camping out, or you could be someone who's just going down to like, you know, get a sick tan and and ride some waves. Uh, you know, and, and and the same vehicle could apply to you. And it's something about the visual language in those vehicles that say, "I am for fun, I am for adventure, I am to be used." You know, when you look at those trucks, they look sturdy, they look durable, mm-hmm. and you kind of they inspire people to look at them and go like ooh, and like see their own adventure in it right and that was kind of another thing that i thought of going forward rather than think of like you know like some muscly 80s action hero um you know wearing this like an arnold schwarzenegger or sylvester stallone or something or like you know some idealized version i just went like no like what like what would say Play with me take me yeah. on an adventure right mm-hmm. and i also i was thinking i didn't it didn't end up in our discussion even with chris but i was thinking about just like for example like a double kicktail skateboard i used to be way into skateboarding when i was younger and my body is uh <laughs> creaky and sore permanently now because of it but uh you know like when you saw the double kicktail skateboard come out and like it just said something visually you mm-hmm. know you could see it could be ridden both ways and it just like it really did open up a whole new wave of creativity i think that was designed by rodney mullen if i'm not mistaken who was like i don't know if you know how much you know about skateboarding but he's like he's the guy he's the guy that even tony hawk looks up to he's like amazing on flatland he can do crazy old school tricks upside down dark slides whatever like he's he's the guy and um yeah to have a single tail board with big wheels and rail guards like that still says something but it says like ride me around a pool you know they're not light they're big they're heavy there's extra stuff on them you strip all that off and you have just like the trucks the wheels and then two ends and it just like what can I do with that Mm -hmm. so that was something that was kind of like okay sure the colorways are going to look like and there's other ones coming out that will say different things but you know like you know this one in the backcountry colorways look more like hiking and outdoors and they have natural colors to them but yeah we really wanted to make something that you know i had someone the other day send me a note saying i wore this watch while i went out birding and it was perfect and i never thought of someone doing bird watching with it but the fact that someone saw it and like it applied to birding was like oh great (laughs) like that kind of like it, it 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 actually like said to me like oh that hit the brief you know and i've seen other people You know taking it outside and other people going like cycling with it and you know and i think that's the point like what is your adventure i'd like to inspire and i think that's the bigger picture that Vero likes too is they're trying to like inspire you to like get out there do things you know Mm. it's like again going back to nike you know they have this uh this line in their brand guidelines which says everyone is an athlete everyone An athlete isn't just someone who runs around a track and jumps hurdles an athlete is like the delivery guy who works in new york Mm -hmm. that's a hard job you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you're running around you know you work for ups you got to park the truck and dodge all these people not get killed and take all these parcels and like that's hard work you know like and 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 the mars yard shoe that he designed was very much like you know to be used in this urban setting is like that that's his that's how he pictured an athlete and the people that they work with you know and of course sometimes it is an elite runner right? And, and that's, you know, you look at projects, again, I mentioned the Zoom fly, but sometimes, you know, an athlete, like part of their job is maybe like, you know, maybe there's a little more style than technical performance in some of the like, more like retro shoes, but those apply perfectly to someone who's like, I don't know, break dancing or doing, you know, something else that doesn't, you don't need maybe the same shoes that a basketball player is going to use, but they work great as skate shoes, like, like the, you know, the, the, the old uh, dunks that turned into the the like sbs right so like and and i used to skate in pumas back in the day because they were perfect for it they weren't mm. meant for it but they just like they worked for it so anyways that's all just like yeah i i think that's the greater vision that pharaoh might have i mean i can't see inside chris's head but just based on our discussions is that it's like to inspire people to be like what can i do and to, to get outside and, or you know even i don't know maybe it's inside i don't know just but to to have an adventure and explore and, and and enjoy man like and I think this is another thing with this watch where like I said earlier about like how I felt personally invested in this I feel like this project really touched on a lot of my values too like you know I like the fact that it's it's like I think it's 425 bucks like you know it's accessible
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: it's got to be accessible I want it to be fun I want it to be user friendly and you know like and it can still be tough like it can be functional and kind to you and it doesn't have to be, you know, I think sometimes people think tough and they make this thing that's just a son of a bitch to operate and it looks tough and it is hard to move and it's like, but that's just needless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, tough isn't being, you know, sometimes tough is being, you know, like even in terms of people, like sometimes the tough person is the vulnerable person or the quiet person or the, it's not necessarily the guy you know with glistening muscles going yeah <laughs> you know like mowing down a bunch of <laughs> aliens in the bush somewhere <laughs> but like and, you know maybe sometimes that is if you want to do that with a too, fine go ahead but it's 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 there's there's different levels to it so that that's the idea i just want to like inspire people and that that's something that resonates deep with me as a an individual I, I, you know and uh yeah well
0: so. i i think like one thing like there's a couple, you said a lot there. So there's a lot to kind of unpack and kind of specific things I want to hit. But I mean, I think you did a really interesting job in, um, you know, talking about that accessibility and allowing someone to have a piece of something that inspires them to go on an adventure, right? I mean, we're talking about something that's, you know, again, like $425 access point, I mean, even for us with the Canadian peso, that that's still a very, (laughs) that's a very affordable piece, right? And um, it's, it's got that rugged look. Again, you've used very earthy, natural tones, and that's another question I want to get into. That sounds like maybe there's going to be a little bit more fun, kind of maybe other colorways kind of coming later, and that that sounds really interesting as well too, because it's it's one of those uh, platforms that you can really do so much with color wise if you really want to. But um, you know, you really are kind of entering into that realm both with price point and with. Um, uh, the design of it where you are getting into like that like g-shock seiko citizen kind of era where there's or area where there's so much uh, variation in design and there's so much of you know those are the watches that i think of and a lot of people think of when they think of going on an adventure right that's the kind of watch i'm going to strap on the wrist right so you know there's a couple design elements that we didn't get into yet that i wanted to ask you about so i noticed there's like this heavy duty kind of like velcro strap on it which is interesting because you know velcro is, is is you know, it's odd that we kind of saw it make like that comeback on the high end, like you know, Rashard yeah. Mills starting to use Velcro again and things like that. But to see that making a comeback now and an affordable piece, like that's an interesting choice versus rubber or something like that. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Um, and, and then also talk to me about dimensions. And you mentioned the movement as well. Like, a, what, what what are we running for a movement? What are we looking at for actual dimensions? and, and like crystal, for example, do we set sapphire, mineral? What are we working with?
1: Yeah, I'll uh, so I'll go with the okay. So I'll start with the strap. Um, actually, I had designed quite a different strap. Okay. And the idea it was a unique strap. There are ones kind of like it out there, mm-hmm. but I would have made it very easy to make it very large or very small. Sort of mm-hmm. like you know, like a NATO strap, but it wasn't a NATO. I didn't want to. Neither of us wanted to just do that. Okay. <laughs> we wanted to try something else. And so I had this design and we draw it up. It's on some of the initial concepts. Um, and then actually it was Chris, I have to say, who was like, he was like, Hey, I have one of these straps laying around. remember those straps, like the surf style straps or whatever, you know, that you get in like the nineties. He's like, mm-hmm. I got one of those. And he had one of the first prototypes. He was like, put it on there, take a look. And it just fit it just looked it, like it was more the part than the thing that i didn't think i had designed would work and it would still be neat but i this i i have to admit as soon as i saw it on there i was like yeah that's that's it and i also again when people have said like oh there's a little bit of that like retro vibe like i think this strap mm-hmm. is that piece and i have to give chris the credit for pulling that out of the strap drawer and sticking it on there because it was just like yeah and even he said you know like the weight distribution and how these feel like, I love these straps, you know, like they're, they're just like, and it's quick to get on, you know? And Mm -hmm. again, he was just like, I want something you can just be like, all right, let's go adventure time. Boom. Gone. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no fiddling to find the holes. You know, even if you want to adjust it, you just kind of go, Oh, okay. There we go. Mm -hmm. Done. Simple. Mm -hmm. Right. Like no thought user friendly. It fit the brief. It was, Kind of, you know, there was the nostalgia nerve that it hit for me personally. That I thought, and not in a way that was like cheesy or over. Like I don't think I, and I've looked for these straps just for some of my other watches in the collection, and they're kind of hard to find, like mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people are doing that, and, I, and I'm kind of surprised. So yeah, I, I just felt like that that really uh, fit with the with the the uh, kind of like ethos. Um, then you know, going into the sizes. So originally. I think it was around or in my original drawings, it might've been like 40 millimeters or okay. even less, maybe 39, let's mm-hmm. say. And some of the initial, and I, I think I had one that was larger from the beginning and one that was smaller. I, I can't quite remember, but I had, I played around with some different sizes and shapes. And I think there was maybe a couple different movements, one chronograph movement that was smaller. Um, and you would have been able to maybe make the movement watch a bit smaller uh but again so i think let's say we were at 39 at one point and then we started talking to you know the engineers were going to build the case and they're like well you know like you say you want it to be shock resistant waterproof and you know like all these things like you know if you make it smaller like the thinner the case is the less of that you're gonna get Mm -hmm. and then we felt you know like comfortable being able to go up to you know we kind of just jumped like it was like well what would give us like you know 120 meters water resistance and you know a certain amount of like you know security and 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 material thickness and whatnot and they're like honestly it'd have to be like if you want it to be you know be able to withstand stuff it's going to be 45 mill- millimeters but because we knew we were already going to make those those lugs so short mm-hmm. we were just like oh, okay that's fine you're just because it's just like wearing a puck almost right like the lugs are so minimal um I can't remember the actual lug to lug uh dimension offhand in millimeters but it is as short as we could possibly make it and fit a strap under the case right and like just try to keep the tolerances nice and tight i think it's about 13 millimeters thick here uh 12 to 13 and yeah i wanted to go with a flat sapphire Uh, i wanted to go with flat because it just geometrically like it just looks cleaner you know Mm -hmm. and i had some people telling me like, oh, you got to put a bubble crystal on that, do a hazelite or do something like that. Like we, I think some people even told both of us that from the engineering side. Oh, why don't you do that? Like, but then it like this isn't that piece, you know, that bubble crystal to like a watch person. You know, and these were designed to be appreciated by like watch nerds like me, and also just like anybody really. We wanted to again accessibility, right? We wanted to appeal to people who maybe don't typically think about spending five hundred bucks on a watch, right? Mm-hmm uh but that's something that g-shock does very well so that's something that i wanted to keep in mind but yeah like we um you know it it, it doesn't if you're a watch and you see that you think retro you think old school diver and that's not what we were going for you know we wanted to go with you know like something that was easy to read and clean and just like i like the flatness and there's a lot of depth in the dial and i didn't want the distortion of like a domed crystal to take away from that and then plus then you know also with the the because these bull bars were in pretty early in the in the I mean, maybe even on one of the, the what well, like there was like an a and a b as i mentioned uh the bull bars were on one of those for sure and again with the intention that it's going to protect that face so you got to keep it flat to achieve that and have it have it dodge the case inside is, is stainless steel mm-hmm. it's got seracote on it like um you know that's used on like some camping gear uh they use that on you know uh, there's like military applications yeah. for that for for you know various equipment they'll, they'll put that on it's it's very durable mm-hmm. but again we designed the watch that if you did bash it hard enough that you chipped it gonna look kind of cool yeah. <laughs> you know like it's kind of gonna be a neat battle scar on your watch and yeah you know like it just just something that would wear it's gonna take a while to wear but you know It will look cool when it does and it will it'll any scar that it accumulates will be well earned let's say um it's not just paint right and then for the movement we went with the miota 6s2 one um and again it was just one that had the good like had smooth functionality had a good reputation for being you know durable um it was the right size it was the right price it was just like you know again it was accessible it was functional and yeah it just helps keep this to like you know something you can get for under under 500 bucks and I think Miyota movements are great you know like it's it's and and we're not showing it off through the case back or anything but again that's not the point of this like I don't know like I got my g-shock here I don't know what's inside that Mm -hmm. you know but that's not the point like you know it's it's it's, you know again like if I'm going to go out and you know really get banged around I'll go like okay well this like this this will take it. It's all plastic and rubber, and you know it's got the sheath over the whole case. Like I can really bang that around. Good, cool. You know, it's, it's quite a different aesthetic, and it's very different from from the workhorse uh, in terms of visual language. But yeah, that that's I think I think those were all the questions, right? That you just asked. I think I those so. all. Of them. Yeah. For yeah.
0: Sure. For sure, that's awesome. That's really really cool. So yeah, it's definitely a lot of uh, intention behind every element of the design of the piece, and I think that it uh, it, it turned out. It turned out wonderful are you able to not to put you in the hot seat or anything would are you able to kind of give us any sort of further uh, indication about what we can expect to come next from your work with with Vera Let
1: me think I gotta think carefully about this um, um, okay so there are three things okay that will be different from the workhorse Mm -hmm. i can't really say and and let's just say there are three things that are further because of how time works obviously they're further away and the furthest out one like i really wouldn't be able to say anything even from my own knowledge it's just still it's still very ethereal and amorphous we haven't quite pinned that down but i will say there's one that will come out which should anyone who was a fan of some of the older models it should be a nice way of kind of reincorporating some of that back into the narrative of the brand so there's going to be something coming out that will make a lot of people happy and it's very much driven on um it was something that was requested a lot by a lot of different people independently okay so
0: Okay, okay, interesting. So are we, can we expect future uh, designs from you with Vero to be along the same vein as the workhorse though? Or is each, each project gonna kind of be its own unique thing with its own unique design language and kind of intention behind it?
1: So there, there will be, yeah. Um, there's gonna be some things that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, I was trying to think of how to build out. So like, you know, I'll say something like the type on this watch it's custom mm-hmm. uh, i just I, I, I made the type the the logo for the the workhorse which you can see here that is all you know i, I just i drew that up that's not a typeface you can buy i just nice. i just drew it right And so all the n- numerals and everything fall into that category as well um the yeah the i'm trying to think carefully how to say it so there there will be some of these details that, that carry through but each one is its own brief let's say okay. each each watch will fulfill its own brief and they have different goals to trying to reach but with the same kind of thought we will get there and as a result you will see a logical connection between them right they will each do their own thing but yeah. but you know like again like and I have one here like the the uh open water that I bought you know it's it's quite different from this mm-hmm. um when you get into it but also there is a similarity like these look like they belong together right mm-hmm. so i try to keep that in mind for future releases so there'll be okay. something that'll be a uh, i think uh that a lot of people have well i don't think we know there's a lot of people have requested uh, one of the old pieces to to come back and that will be a future project i can't say when fair enough that's that's one and I'm quite excited about that as well I'm excited about all of them let me be honest like i they're all really cool and then there'll be future colorways of the workhorse that some of them already exist like they are made um I did a red bar event last night for Ferro which went really great out in Toronto and I people there I got to give them a sneaky peek of the cool. upcoming colorways and people were really really excited about them nice. they really liked them um and there'll be more beyond that you know I think think with the response we're getting out of, what i hope happens is that you know like it stays around and we build on this and it just like you know becomes kind of like i would i mean i don't know i don't know what's going to happen it would be cool if this could stay in some way like a staple of a brand that evolved again and again like again like and we and this is something chris and i talk about but like this g-shock here that i bought in 2018 looks very similar to the G Shock I bought in 1995 or whenever <laughs> you could, for you know what I mean. Like it's it's the same case and everything, but they've just done a lot with it. And going back to sneakers again, it's the same silhouette of just say like I don't know the Jordan Ones or whatever, but different colorways, different materials, different artists putting their spin, different you know like ways of layering textiles or fabrics. Like you can get a completely unique. um Kind of perspective and uh even just a vibe for a lack of a better term off a piece it can really convey something quite unique so that's kind of like you know that's where we're i would love to see that happen and i feel like if we keep going down this path of people enjoying it then <laughs> that increases the likelihood of that but i don't know i can't speak for chris and what he's going to actually want to do with the brand i would hope that he wants to keep this around and then we can keep building on it and having fun because we have played around with it a lot um since even the like since it's already like since these colorways were slated to be produced by the manufacturer we kept playing around and we kept going like oh man you can just keep going with this like you can do so much so i'm excited to do that too
0: well even just like you know kind of hearing about some of the intention about it being like a western response to an eastern uh product it's sort of. I can already think of a couple kind of cool influences and ideas that would be unique for interesting colorways as well, too, or different inspiration going forward. We can chat about that off camera. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: I that's, really, hear. that's really, really interesting. Yeah, it, it sounds like you, 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 you know, you've created something super cool. It sounds like there's some really interesting stuff coming forward uh going ahead as well i think your answer was was perfect i think it sort of answers the question without answering the question you know what i mean so
1: it's hard i really want to just say what it is
0: but i can't i'm
1: not gonna do that chris or anybody working at at vero but like oh my god like yeah it's 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 cool, man. It's cool
0: it's- for sure. Absolutely, it's great. To, it's great to kind of be able to land with a cool company that's it's so nimble and able to do so much. And uh, you know, also with them being more of a lifestyle brand now, you're able to probably eventually uh, continue on your spirit, your sphere of influence beyond just the timepieces as well, right? Which I think is really cool. One thing you mentioned before a little bit earlier on in the, in this episode, um, and then you, I sort of saw a quick peek of it uh, when you were showing it was um, designing packaging. So talk to me about the packaging that the workhorse comes in.
1: So this is a, so that right now, if you buy a Workhorse, it's going to come in, in a different package because the tins that were supposed to arrive, um, did not come on time. They were making it sound like they were ready and they were on their way. And then they called about a week before and said, actually, there's still pieces of metal that haven't been stamped at all. (laughs) So, um so that so there was a bit of a scramble to come up so there's like a white box and it comes in like a nice little like kind of burlap pouch and chris and i just got on the phone we tried a bunch of things and i tried making some lines, seeing if we could do it all out of cardboard and all out of styrofoam or all out of like what what materials can we get available then we found these pouches you could buy with the drawstring and they're kind of nice and and got a you know stamp made to put the logo the workforce logo on it and actually i think it looks really cool and it was just kind of like Scrambling around the packaging that it's supposed to come in. I had a hand in, but it was originally this, it was a part of the project that was handed over to me. Mm. Um, I will say I would have done things slightly different uh, than maybe what was done, but I will show you here just get this together so this and if you buy a workhorse now i think the the deal is that you get the watch and then later they'll ship the the box out to you i think is is what they're going to do okay um, but this would have been the the box that was we were intending and someone else kind of already came up with this look uh it just didn't work properly with some of the technical things so i just hopped in and uh took over uh with chris's request obviously he was like you know hey can you help us out with this um so it was it was another studio did that and, and yeah and just like putting their tagline on there ready for anything you are you know again like speaks to what, what do you want to do with it you know like this is this is your time uh one thing i did add to this which was so when you open the package and this is white inside it will be black and have a topper piece but like you know oh well, let me set the watch in there so you get the full so like it's it'll be in a black piece like this just simple and then you know with the manual will be on top there'll be a, another piece of, protecting the face and the mm-hmm. manual will just sit in there um and then that goes on but because it looks like that I thought oh it'd be cool to add um, I was thinking of like transformer toys from the 80s and yeah, how yeah. they would have like these like schematics on the back of like them transforming in stages so you as a kid you didn't get frustrated and have a tantrum uh but they just had this look to them I thought oh that'd be kind of cool to like put on the back as like an x-ray view mm-hmm. So I took the drawing from, this is the concept drawing. I, <laughs> I like, was able to like lay it out in the exact same position. It's just a little bit of fun. And then, yeah, with the manual, actually, I did. Um, I took what this already existed. And so they gave me these files and these design cues. And then I built out uh, a manual with my designer uh, that I work with on, on uh, printed stuff. I have a, a designer whose name is Sean. Uh, and she's great. And she actually did a lot for this as well. And so we wanted to come up with something that, you know, again, simple utilitarian. Mm-hmm. You come up with this. There's actually a little clip seal here that you would break and then you, you can pop it open and you can see, you know, we get it. Watch us take a beating. It talks about that. And then you open it up again and you open okay. it up again. And it's like this oversized kind of like... That's awesome. Though. You know, like it just you could have made it smaller easily but like it's just kind of fun when it's big. <laughs> like it just kind of feels like this is the plan, guys. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, again, just like having some fun and being playful with it showing the how it works and then you know the back just has that texture to tie it in and it's just like yeah just all building on that like how do we just keep that experience going so in future i'll be more involved in other packages for other products from an earlier stage i think is the plan going forward Mm -hmm. um yeah it just you know i didn't really it out there like hey i'll do the packaging too like you know i i could have but i we were just focused on watches uh and i think they wanted to keep me focused on on that part of the job but yeah i I love design man i'll design anything (laughs) given the opportunity
0: that's really cool so uh you know i want to move into kind of just getting a little bit of an update on you your collection and any new pieces you've kind of picked up before i do so is there anything else about the workhorse that you want people to know or I guess, uh, that we didn't cover already.
1: I mean, I think we pretty much talked about everything from top to bottom. I mean, the only thing, um, that I'd say is like, you know, uh, and I already did say this, but like, you know, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing to just do a job and design something, but it's nice when you get to work with people who kind of share your similar vision and values and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I've been very fortunate to work with, with people like that on, on, all the projects really I've got to do, but especially with, with this one, I feel like it's just like, you know, it, it really is like, you know, you're buying a watch from good people that really care about what they're doing. And they have a vision They're they get excited about it. Just like, you know, I do as an enthusiast, right. Or, or you like, you know, the, these are people that are dedicated to it. And yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really do feel super lucky to be involved in this and it does feel I don't know what we're building right now like it's still early days but it feels this feels unique you know what i mean like i there's something going on here that is just like this is yeah i don't know there's something cool is happening here i, I can't i don't know what it's going to be in the future but like we're on to something and i feel good about it so yeah that's that's the only last thing i would have to say about that
0: that's fantastic, and I think it's I think that really shows in your enthusiasm and the product you're designing, and I think that everyone can feel enthusiastic and look forward to seeing what's gonna come further this uh, work you're doing with Vero as well. So
1: thank you so much. I'm glad you like it, man.
0: I, I think it's beautiful, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little about you. You know, last time I think we we went into depth. Uh, we covered everything from uh, Omega Flight Masters to some really unique uh, Gerard Perregaux. I believe you were looking at picking up and kind of on the hunt for, if I recall correctly. What yep. what have you uh, picked up lately, and what are you uh, what are you still hunting for? And I guess what's what's coming next for the collection?
1: It's, it's the only other collecting side. I mean, I've I've had to chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just coming out of uh, you know COVID and everything, and getting my business back on track. Uh, we had stuff happen with the house, with the car, mm-hmm. all the animals got sick. So like we had a lot of things just like all, you know, when it rains, it pours and it's just like, so that's kind of cut into my ability to like have the maximum amount of fun with mm-hmm. collecting. Um, I don't know if I had this, I had a friend, uh, pick this up for, I told him about it. This guy, Vic, I don't know if I had this, the radio controlled. I don't know if I showed you that. I don't think so. Yeah. It's a citizen. I don't know. I would love to know who designed this at, yeah. at citizen, but it's a uh, radio controlled like before, um, you know, now smartphones are all synced and, and everything. But before that, this would have, you know, radio controlled into another clock to sync the different time zones um except it's really only set up for Europe UK and Japan if you're anywhere else you have to go and kind of set it manually but that's what this is here there's like an antenna in there like a receiver to receive the signal hmm. and uh I would show you how it works but I am a little nervous because I once played around with this and did something in the wrong sequence it took me a while to get it back to tell the time the way again so I'm just gonna leave that no worries um but yeah this was something that was picked up and it's just kind of like it's kind of quirky, it's got that like 80s 90s vibe that I'm mm-hmm. into. Um and yeah, and I was super happy that my buddy he he found two. So he was like I had to buy both and then, you know, I was obligated to buy the other one, which I'm totally fine with cuz I mean, I really wanted one. Uh so that worked out. Um yeah, and then I think I did oh, well, uh Detroit i didn't design this, but uh, I did get the um Skin Diver. I did nice. get the Skin Diver one. Um from them uh yeah i you know I, i'm a big fan of emmanuel and, and his designs and just someone who has a very unique aesthetic you know and, and perspective on watchmaking mm-hmm. and watches and again this is neat because this is kind of like a repositioning piece for himself like he you know had a brief for this one like he had someone create uh a brief and then say make this right because as a designer it's hard to just when someone says just do whatever you want like designing stuff for myself is next to impossible because mm-hmm. i i'm so all over the place like it's like it just goes crazy it's chaos i go in every direction at once and I, I need someone to say you need to do this and hit this target and then i can aim that energy at like a a thing yeah so that's kind of like you know, taking a skin diver, which is done a lot. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of divers. Everyone will, everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. But to make it in a way that will still be unexpected and speak to his kind of like design DNA. And I think this really does it for him. And I feel honored to have one. The dial, the, um, the, the, the Fumé, I don't know if I'm doing that. I'm terrible at the French accent. But anyways, that dial, the, the way that these were made in the first run, it's like, uh, like a piece of sapphire and then there's material behind it and the error rate for getting that that fume was very very high
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: it was like 70 percent failure so it was very hard for me to do it but they just were like no it looks cool we got to do it so again i just feel neat to have one that has like that story and it's a fellow designer and someone who i look up to honestly like and uh and it was great he gets on the phone with me when i i need guidance or i have questions like he'll he'll hop on a call and to point me in the right direction and i'm i'm very grateful to that and then i guess the other thing the only other thing i could talk about in terms of uh oh maybe there's two maybe there's two but one other thing and i had one before for sure which was the the teutonic yes yeah, yeah yeah i love this thing and so I cool a lot yeah and i was just like man like I, I i already knew i liked it but i thought you know, after I sometimes when you get it and you wear it, it just fits and it feels right. You're like, damn. And then, so, you know, someone that I know whose watch I was looking at during this and they were like, well, I'm selling my silver dialed one. So I have to, I had to, (laughs) I had to acquire, I have to have both, you see. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wear them both a lot, a lot. And, uh, and then outside of that, there was one, uh, and I don't know, I may have had this before, but I got it from, uh, guy you know derek watches to buy this i may have already had okay he's been in london he did the watch he supplied the watches for mad men
0: okay uh, yeah uh
1: and he also supplied i've not watched the show i have not had a chance it's that show on apple tv where oh, of course now i'm going to blank on the name um not the last man it is um for all mankind is the show okay. it is a, it's like an alternate reality where the space race keeps going and nixon is always in power and it's like this alternate universe and then they build these moon bases the russians and the americans both get there and they fight and he supplied watches for that show and he supplied the watches for the russians and i don't know what character wears it but this is one of the watches okay. from for all mankind and it just went up on his site uh it was maybe around christmas and you know it was it's a vostok it's not anything expensive and he just priced it as such but he said hey it's got some cool provenance it was in the show couldn't tell you where but it's in there somewhere but I just loved this gradient dial of like that fade and Mm -hmm. I just and the strap combination like this is the strap that it came on I just thought something about it just really appealed to me and I just like kind of had to I have it,
0: really. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that's a watch with a really cool story, though, right? I mean, that's one of the things with, with this with this space. I think we've talked about the importance of storytelling and watch collecting before as yeah. well, too. It's like, you know, like, those, particularly, you know, with, with you being a designer, like, you know, that Teutonic Speedmaster, for example, I mean, it's like, it's not just about it being a speedy and it being kind of having inherent value because of that. It's like, it's about the story of that specific speedy and that specific design the limited German market and all that stuff that kind of goes into it that really makes it so cool yeah. on top of it feeling great. I think it's awesome that you bought a second one and that you enjoy it so much. I mean, that kind of goes back to the old adage. My, my mom used to always say, if the shoe fits, buy one in every color right yeah so if you right, like if right you like it if you like it and you love wearing it all the time why wouldn't you get another one that's a little bit different but you know it works right like it's yeah. so cool that's really really awesome the, the one
1: thing i'll say about this that i wish i knew and i this is, i feel like this way for a lot of the watches in my collection is who designed this mm-hmm. like i don't know their name i can't i don't know where to find it i would love to know what informed someone to make this I, like I'll i would be, love to know that
0: i bet you if you reached out to the omega museum they'd tell you
1: I you know what I had thought of that, but I was thinking they're just gonna be like, oh, who's this guy? Whatever. He's <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I I think I need to like I really especially with this one because I love it so much, I'm just like, and it's there's no other Speedmaster that looks like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an oddball, and it just like I really resonates with me. And there's a few other pieces I've seen out there in the in the in the vintage space that maybe I don't own, but I'm just like, who came up with that? And like what like, you know good or bad, like, I just, I want to know, like, why, why, why would you make that? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's something to it. And um, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I, I, you know, I feel like the big, especially the bigger brands have kept, you know, other than like Gerald Genta or like some of the big name, you know, name brands, like, you know, uh, people that made their own name for themselves, maybe outside of watches, maybe in mm-hmm. furniture or art or something, you don't ever get to know who that is. And I feel like, it's a little bit of, like, if any big brands are listening to this, it's a bit of a missed opportunity, really, because it's part of the story. And, you know, I remember Gerard Perigo a while ago did this thing. Uh, it was just, a, you know, on their website, but they were showing, they did, like, a little profile loader of different people who worked there. And, like, one lady would load a picture of one of the watchmakers, and it was her and her horse. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this is, I don't remember her, her name, but this is Esther, and she loves horseback riding, and da-da-da-da. And then, you know, next time it was like, you know, hey, this is Maverick and he plays electric guitar and loves heavy metal. And it just like, I was like, that's so cool and so refreshing. Like, I want to know who makes the things. I think I would be really a good idea for people to really push forward, you know, um, the designers and the minds behind these pieces. Because it can't all just be a boardroom decision, right? Mm -hmm. I think some cynical people will think that everyone just sits down and they go, what's going to make the most? And it's just a bunch of people with monocles top hats and cigars going let bring it in one millimeter we'll start again (laughs) I mean maybe that happens I don't know maybe (laughs) a Rolex
0: I don't know about anywhere else but yeah
1: and then I was like wait a minute that might (laughs) with one exception yeah but like that probably you know that's not not really what's happening it's like someone is thinking about it and it would be really cool to know anyways
0: yeah, no, I think, that, I think that's that's a very uh, valid point and good feedback for the watch space. I think it's as we move forward as well, um, you know, in the community and we get so many more people that are constantly coming into this space and it's sort of starting to evolve, evolve and change. I think there's people who don't necessarily resonate specifically with a brand, but they resonate with a designer. And I think it would be really cool for people to be able to follow someone's work as they kind of go, right? And, and, and you know, it's... it's If you enjoy like the specific designs of somebody, you get to see that maturation and change in their design like you do with an artist, for example. Um, But you also get to enjoy these actual physical objects that they produce and you get to be kind of a part of that story as well. And I think that that would be really interesting to start seeing brands uh, share that more and and specifically with the the Teutonic there. yeah, I mean, maybe if you, maybe you approach the Omega Museum, it's like, hey, I'm doing a project on design and I'm trying to figure out who designed this because I want to follow their work and well, whatever, maybe they'd be able to share that. Who knows? Maybe they don't even know. Maybe it was just some guy and there yeah. like, was, was some design student fresh out of college and he got an internship there and they're like, yep, design this. and never heard from him again who knows right but i don't yeah, think you so. never
1: know but it would be it would be interesting to know like you know even like the valju 7 750 like i like that movement that was the first mm-hmm. movement designed on a computer by like a 20 like maybe just like a 20 year old he was like one of the youngest guys it was like when computer technology was really new mm-hmm. and he was like hey let me show you this young hotshot who could just get on the computer and mm-hmm. figure out how to redo this you know and i really you know yeah it's kind of a ubiquitous movement but i mean like I really like it because of that story. You know, that makes me respond to it. And it's got the rotor wobble. It's not perfect. It still had kinks to be worked out. I mean, they didn't work all of them out. They kept some of them, but like, still, like, that's part of what makes it interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yeah, and it's not going to be. And this is another thing, like, speaking for the smaller brands, like, this is a problem they're not going to have, right? And anyone who thinks that like micro brands are like, oh, they're going to be, you know, I hear this sometimes, or like, well, that, oh, they, you know, they're going to be gone and, a couple of years anyways people will stop caring and you know there may be there is going to be some people that give up and don't you know they f- make a few watches and then they go "Well, oh, i'm done with that that was fun but i think that is kind of grossly mis, like you know it's, it's an underestimation of what people are trying to achieve and can achieve especially with the fact that like you know you follow a brand like uh an ordain who's making their watches with those interesting uh, the 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 fire dials and the type like and they 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 put the designers names out there and who's making what like and all of this is to say is that like newer brands are not going to struggle with that because they're sharing everything on social media it's all mm-hmm. documented mm-hmm. and it's going to be you know that's just strength for them and the stories that they're going to tell and the meaning that it's going to have because maybe there's someone right now working at a brand and they're a nobody and You know, they're just on the Instagram feed or like, Hey, I'm just a watchmaker here. I'm 18, whatever. And they're going to, who knows in 10, 20 years, they could be like the most important person in the industry. Mm -hmm. And people are going to look back and go, when were they working for this brand? Like whatever, you know, maybe, you know, like (laughs) working for like notice, I don't know, like, you know, like some, some smaller brand that's on the radar now, but some people still discount them. And I think that's not fair. Right. And, And even these huge luxury brands they all started somewhere you know they didn't just like you know maybe they started with a lot more bankroll than mm-hmm. than some of these these mi- micro brands did but it doesn't mean that they you know <laughs> it didn't take them a long time to build what they have they just have time on these people and i think given time these some of these micro brands are going to have like just a a story and again the word that's come up multiple times, but an accessibility to that information that's going to be much easier than having to contact someone at the Omega Museum and hope that they don't think you're a peon, (laughs) just say, get out of here. Like it's gonna be way easier to know those facts. And I think that's just like a a strength that I hope that people keep appreciating watches far into the future and that can be demonstrated. And I think they will, right? Like they're obsolete. They've been obsolete for a long time. Mm -hmm. No one's buying these because they're like the cutting edge of technology. That's not, you're missing the point, right? Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's, you know, there's, there's an emotional level to it. And, and for some people, even like myself, even there's like a little bit of like, I don't want to say spiritual, but there's like, yeah, there's something there for it. That's just like outside of all that stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care what any of the pieces in my collection are worth. Money's boring. Money is the most boring part of the watch scene. And I feel like more recently there's been a real focus on money and making money and oh my god did you see that price did you see that price and it's the price and i i think i even said this on the last podcast like the auction hammer falls and people applaud for the Mm -hmm. the hammer price um of a watch or even say a particular artwork but no one's applauding for the artwork right Mm -hmm. and that seems weird to me you know that would be like people going to a concert and remaining silent until the very end and the band goes and you know how much we made tonight we made 45 million dollars oh great yeah like now we're happy like like i don't know it just seems so weird to me that like people are that focused on the financial part yeah i don't maybe i don't know i'm not saying you're wrong to do that i just i don't know
0: no but i think i think that's a very insightful thing and i just thinking about it as you're saying it like i'm sort of just like what you've done with the workhorse is you've designed you know, you didn't design a watch to just be something expensive, you designed a watch to be a watch that's appreciated and used as a watch. And I think that's important, right. And there's definitely watches that are out there that are now just made to be expensive. Yes. And there's watches now that are made to be used and enjoyed. And I think that's starting to become a very clear kind of dividing line uh, within the, the hobby or within the industry is, you know, there's the I want, I'm going to buy these because they're investment pieces and I'm you know going to wear it for a day and then lock it away in a vault for the rest of its yeah. existence until I sell it for 10 X or, or one, one tenth depending on what happens with the investment or the other side of it, which is people that are still, or brands that are still making watches for people to enjoy and wear. And I think that that is something that has been very much achieved with the, uh, with the workhorse. you for sure and and
1: also i just want to point out your watch that you're wearing which we were talking about before but like the panerai one thing i really appreciate about those watches like a a, a panerai like people i know who have them typically wear the crap out of them like they're not Mm -hmm. baby typically i'm sure there's someone out there babying them but for most like i see them with, you know even on instagram i see them with scratches and gouges and i feel like again that's just a thing that says like please use me you know like please just like, you know, like I'm, I'm here for this. Like
0: it's, it's what I'm for. I would, maybe I'm ignorant to the community. No, you're you're totally correct. I think that was, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a good little segue into my newest pickup, which is the PAM 25, which has been a very, uh, a long time coming. I mean, there's some elements, I mean, this model specifically, I think was being, was in production for at least 10 years, if not a little bit longer um but this one is a lower production here this one was 2009 so they only made 500 of them but it's still just as much a panerai as anything else and yeah like i i wanted one that kind of came from really their golden era where they were like at the height of what they were making and they were people bought them because they were tough watches that you could just beat up and enjoy and and i absolutely love this thing i've only had it for a day on the wrist so far but I've enjoyed every minute of it, and it's such a cool watch. And it's you can definitely tell it was made to be used, and they used them. Um, yeah, you mentioned the 7750. They actually used a 7750 in this. They just removed the the chronograph module from it. But and it's fun. Like this is you know this is one of those models too where they made a few uh, variations. Like they made a steel version with a plain black bezel. I got the hobnail dial on the titanium watch because I wanted that lightweight that little bit of texture that that's fun with design right i mean you can always go strictly utilitarian with a watch like this if you want and just get like the stainless steel plane version but panerai even though they make watches that a lot of people think look the same there's a lot of fun variation within the, the minutiae of the of the brand and that's that's what i was drawn towards this one for and and i'm i'm super happy i got it it's a really cool piece so yeah
1: and that and that like and also like i think I really like to see when someone gets a watch too and it like, like they have an expectation for it and then it arrives and they it just hits all those expectations, right? Like, you know, I I think that's so rewarding. It's happened for me for sure Uh, and it's just like that just, you know, that puts that watch like way up higher in the rotation immediately and into your favorite. Sometimes you're surprised by something you didn't think you like but especially now how we you know, buy watches and trade watches. It's on the internet, right? Like I've Mm -hmm. certainly like when I got those, uh, Teutonics, I'd never seen one. I don't mm-hmm. know any. I didn't know anyone who had one. Mm-hmm. So I had to just be like, I hope this is as cool as I think it's gonna be. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, had, it, it was, and even more so I love them. Right. So it was like super satisfying and to see you go like, yeah, this like, you know, you have like the hair that you want and the material and the texture. And you got something that, like, ticked all those, like, technical boxes, we'll say, but then it arrives and then, like, you know, like, the emotional boxes all get ticked, too. I think yeah. that's, like, that's really cool. And the other thing I like about Panerai, too, is, like, the, the strap monsterness mm, of yes. them and all the straps and the different, like, there's a whole, that's a whole thing, right? And I, I just, like, I'm, I haven't gone super deep down that rabbit hole, but I do appreciate the, the community there. And it is a community. Like, I, I feel like it's unique
0: yes. to that
1: piece. For sure. Like, it's not like, it's its own subculture.
0: It's sort of like one of the things about it that I found really appealing was that it's like one of those things where I could just buy the watch and if I really start to get bored, instead of buying a whole new watch, I can just buy another strap. And, And the straps you can do so much research in and there's so many different makers out there at different price points. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, in... I mean, I have, I think, 11 straps incoming for this thing already from a few different makers, and it's just, it's all part of the culture and all the fun, and, and uh, yeah, What's I mean... The lug
1: I... size on it? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, It's 24 millimeters. 24? I used to make straps. I think I have a 24 that I didn't sell that was meant for a Panerai, and I'll send it to you. If I have it, you can just have it. That... I don't know if you'll like it or not, but it's got a little TG on the back when I used to do that back in
0: ages a while ago (laughs) but anyways that would be awesome if that's incredibly kind of you if you have it kicking around i'd love that i would love to take some shots with it as well too and post it up and you know let people know who made it that's that's really 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 cool man thank you Um, Yeah, no problem no problem but yeah i love this thing and I, i i it's it's the first watch i've ever got that really um i went oh i think the pelagos might be in trouble now I think it's going to spend a little bit more time in the, in the safe instead of on my wrist now. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, but I'm loving it so far. So it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, man. So, I mean, is there anything specifically that you're looking out there for right now? I know you always kind of have your, your sights set on something. So what do you, what do you want to look out for right now?
1: I have had, you know what, it's been the same one for the longest time and I'm like, I really want to get, it's the Omega Seamaster, and again, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this, but it's either the Recife or the Recife or something, R-E-C-I-F-E. I don't know sure. how, to pronounce, how to pronounce that correctly, but uh, it's a very 80s-looking design. It's another piece that I like, who the hell designed that? And it's just a very unique piece. Uh, Mr. Enthusiast on Instagram has one, and uh, I I always like, oh <laughs> are okay. you selling that? Yeah, it's, it's the... a unique yeah. It's rare. It's rare, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, it's rare and it's also not super valuable. So that makes means there's even less because people don't take as good care of things that I feel like when they're more affordable for a while. So that thins the herd even further, but really that's, that's something that I'm like, I'm still, I'm still looking for. Um, and then there was like actually, uh, 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 Hoyer that, um,
0: Oh, what is it called? I have to look this up. That Seamaster kind of falls in really well with the uh, design of the Teutonic as well. They kind of complement each other well.
1: Yes, there's a similar, and this is again like, are is it the same person that did those mm-hmm. things? Like, like, maybe I don't know. There's a there's a vibe, there's a thread between those two that 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 connects them. And then there's this other thing It's the Mapamondo.
0: Okay. And the, that's the
1: Hoyer Mapamondo. Okay. So I saw someone. i've never seen one of these before i didn't even know i was interested in it but it is just like has this (laughs) gold on the (laughs) dial it is just the wildest funkiest
0: that case is nuts that's like a super ufo case
1: yeah yeah that's right i thought that's really cool you know like it's much more 70s ufo yeah yeah um yeah that that one is is great there's other things i've looked at that are like I don't think I'll ever be able to necessarily afford. And obviously the other thing that, you know, as watches become more and more popular, like there's watches I've seen and I'm like, oh yeah, one day I'll be able to reach that. And it's like, like it's here. And I'm like, I could just about get it. Just give me a little more time. And then one day it goes, (laughs) I'm still here. And I'm like, oh no. Like it's, it's now it's off in the stratosphere in terms Mm -hmm. of pricing. There's a Vacheron Constantin, which is the the Royal Chronometer. Mm -hmm. It is, a it is, a again, a seventies looking piece. Um, it's just got like, it's a very rectangular kind of shape to it. It's unique. It's got, yeah, it's, it's very of the era. And, uh, I would I'd like, but again, that one is just like the escape velocity on that. People didn't really know about them. And I still, I, they're still kind of under-recognized, but, but they're recognized enough now where my fingers, I was like, Oh, I'm pretty close. I can sell a few pieces and the, and, and the, and the grip, like once I'm here, it's like, mm-hmm. it's gone now. I, I don't think that'll happen, but you never know. Right. Like I, I, the, the list of watches that I lust after is just like ever, ever growing. I guess <laughs> I'm sure it is with many. Part
0: of, part of the sickness, man. It's all part that of is. the sickness. That's, that's yeah. cool, man. And the
1: only cure is more watches, you know, like that's. <laughs>
0: that's all it is. It, or That or death. That's basically
1: it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The <laughs> yeah, What about yourself?
0: Uh, oh, what am I looking at next? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. This thing. To <laughs> today, <so. laughs> what am I looking at? I, you know, I'm, I'm turning 30 in March um which is still a ways away it's about 10 months away so i had some time but i'm trying to think i want something to mark the occasion and i'm not sure what i'm gonna go with yet you know i've, I've had um I've, i really i think i'm kind of done in that like over three thousand dollar range for quite some quite some time if it maybe if like rolexes suddenly tank back down to like their 2006 prices you know <laughs> i'll i'll jump on one but i find that unlikely uh, but i uh I really like the new um, Nevada Grenchen releases that they've been doing with like yeah. the, the Chrono Masters. Those are really neat. There's a couple. I, I They do one that's like a tropical version of the Chrono yeah. Master and I really enjoy that piece. I think it's really neat. Nice price on it too at like sub $2,000. I think that's awesome. Um, Zodiac was a... I've been did some work with them this month and I've had an opportunity to kind of see some of what's coming down the line as well and they have some really neat stuff that I'm going to have to buy yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's some really so I might I might uh, pick up uh, a, a nice Zodiac when they come out with something pretty cool in the near future here so that'll be um, that's on the list. Uh, geez I don't know like I'm always kind of on the look for for something but I'm not I, I do miss my doxa I really liked my doxa um, if I were to buy another one instead of getting the 300t I'd probably just buy the 300 because I really like that box sapphire crystal that it comes on and it wears a little bit yeah. more compact so I might get another doxa there's a few things like that I mean honestly I'm pretty content right now and I'm trying to I'm trying to keep the collection from getting too big you know so I want to... Yeah. Uh, but I'm always I'm always open to to something, and, and you know I, I know Arkin, who is a, another really cool brand doing some neat things with design. Um, I had a chance to, uh, you know, I'm always kind of working with them and doing stuff with them. So yeah. they have some cool things coming out in the near future as well, which I'm excited about. So I mean, watches always kind of find their way to me, and I'm kind of learning to just let that let that process happen naturally on its own. But with regards to hunting something down myself. Yeah, I'm looking to maybe at like a cool dive chronograph of some kind if I can get one from Nevada Grension or find something else, maybe vintage out there. But I'm not, uh, I'm not sure yet. I'm not, I'm just gonna, I'm just enjoying this. I'm still in the honeymoon. Yeah, phase yeah, Canada, no, that's so. that's and that's it.
1: honestly, and I kind of feel the same. Like after getting the second, uh, Teutonic, to I was kind of like, I don't oh, know, where well, those a lot, they're really fun. I don't know, like, and like the only other thing that would really scratch that itch for me is that, is that that sweet, sweet uh <laughs> receive that uh sea for receive or however you want to it's a cool watch yeah, that that would that would scratch that itch but uh i don't know like it's 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 good to feel satisfied though you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i i yeah. I, I think it's cool when you like yeah you got the panerai and you just feel like this is gonna live on here for a while and, yeah and it's kind yeah. of like
0: a, it's kind of one of those things where it's you know it's, it's sort of the the Enthusiast community surrounding the brand has kind of created sort of a lifestyle thing around it. So, I mean, you can get the straps, you can get like leather carrying and travel cases, you can get all kinds of cool other materials and things to interact with to kind of have fun throughout your day. Cool keychains they make from like old buckles and things like that, right? So, there's all kinds of cool stuff to kind of enjoy some of that a little bit without having to spend a ton of money and you know maybe I want to explore that a little bit too I'm not sure I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna hang tight enjoy what I have kind of see what comes my way in the next little bit and kind of go from there and it's it's kind of a nice spot to be in where you kind of just feel content and peaceful it doesn't happen very often in this hobby so I'm enjoying it while it's while the wave while I'm riding that wave but um yeah definitely definitely lots of fun so
1: yeah well it's good because it gives you a moment of clarity too it's like that saying that's um you know like the mind is like water right when the Mm -hmm. surface is all disturbed it's hard to see through Mm -hmm. you can't see the bottom but when the surface is calm you can see and i feel like you know that's true in a lot of things you get worked up and you're angry or something and everything's thrashing around you can't Mm -hmm. can't see the you know the thing that's right in front of you and what what there is to appreciate about it so yeah when you get those moments as a collector where you're like you know i mean it's not life or death or anything, but you're just like, oh, I'm satisfied. And then you might go, like, yeah. start looking at your watch box. Be like, I've worn these, some of these things for a long time. Maybe this time I let them go to someone else who's going to enjoy them and wear them. And mm-hmm. I, I try to do that. Anything I let go of is just, like, you know, I have some pieces I seldom wear that are just going to stay forever because of some greater sentimental attachment and they're not worth maybe a lot or who cares. But, like, sometimes if I see something, I'm like, man, it's just, like, just languishing in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... know especially if I know someone in the community who's like looking for something like that I'll be like okay like you want (laughs) do you want this because like you know you're gonna enjoy it and right now I'm like I still think it's cool but like I'm not I'm worn it in like six months so Mm -hmm. why 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 have it Mm -hmm. and um, yeah but when you get into the the frantic (laughs) collector mindset you know also you need to keep those pieces because you got to sell them all at once so you can have that bump to like get your your grubby little bits on yet another <laughs> ticky ticky time machine. But uh, for sure, it's for sure. so gratifying.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. I, you know, I think that was some very insightful, I always try to ask at the end of my episodes now for some kind of insight or advice to give somebody. And I think that you kind of already touched on that with like, you know, the mind being like water and everything like that, but I'll ask you kind of a, a more tailored question anyways. To kind of to kind of you know bring us out for for this awesome awesome episode, but, but thanks uh, thanks man, uh, for having me for great. sure absolutely. But if you could give advice to a young designer starting in this field, you know as someone who's been in there for a while now, you've established yourself as a designer of many different things, you've had some experience now, you could go back to your younger self or talk to a young person coming into this space. What piece of advice would you give them?
1: I'm gonna answer that. I'm gonna start. With another question which is would my younger self even listen to me
0: i think we all wonder and that.
1: <laughs> and i i i don't know if i would <laughs> but um no you know i think something i would say is like you know as a design like even as far as i've gotten and i want to go much further in this realm of watch design and, and you know climb the ranks and continue to work with more brands and more people and you know I'm, I'm as much as I love working with, with Pharaoh I want to work with with other brands and, and future projects too like so if you're a brand and you need a designer hi my name's Matt you can call me but uh but no I it's the thing I want to get at is is I I feel like I wasted a lot of time doing the things that I felt I should do because mm-hmm. being a designer, I had a professor who said like, you know, being a designer, a lot of people think it's a little bit like being like a rock star in a weird way. Like, it's kind of fun and you get to do things and kind of go on these adventures and work on these cool projects, and meet cool clients and you know, like it, it's, it's, but there is an expectation that you go and you get a job and you work in an agency and you get, you know, even when I was building my own business when I started and I was like, I have to have corporate clients. And, you know, I hit a point where one of them just like, after I did delivered, over delivered above and beyond everything for them, they just dropped me because they were like, well, we need to go with a bigger brand, you know, brand agency. And it's not you. You're just, you know, the guy starting out and our investors want to hear we've got, you know, Sidley or, you know, taxi or some huge corporation behind us. And that's not you, man. And at that moment, I kind of realized like I was playing this game, trying to like it wasn't you know what I mean like I wasn't being honest to my myself and I what I wanted to do was do watches
2: mm-hmm.
1: and do this and people would tell me that's unsustainable that's stupid like no one's going to make it forget it just do the thing that you want to do and I've tried this before I had a clothing line that that failed um you know I've had other projects that didn't quite go where I wanted I just wish I took bolder moves and I had a little more confidence just to ask mm-hmm. You know, and I'd say I have gone in to places and done cold calls or given presentations. And I've had people, you know, to tell me to, to piss off. And, and they were, you know, they, they felt like my presence or even request to for me to be heard was an intrusion upon their time. And, and mm-hmm. they, they didn't like it. But once in a while, someone goes, all right, kid, tell me tell me what you got. Mm-hmm. And even though some of those would be a no, they'd be like, OK, it's a no. But when you do this again, have you ever thought of doing that and i feel like i stretched that out i I didn't like i I did those things but i could have done it more and it was a confidence thing and there's like i have really bad um imposter syndrome for sure like i really really you know it takes me a while to feel comfortable (laughs) and and self-confident with things i do even when i know i'm doing it right um i just kind of feel that way and my my advice would be just just do it just try the thing that you want to try and go for the things and, and be true to what your values are, not what the industry says, but what, like one thing I see right now is these toxic, toxic, terrible people like Gary V on Instagram being like, you got to work until it hurts, man. Fuck that guy. Sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on this, go, but that go guy, ahead. that guy can suck it. Like he is, <laughs> do not listen to those people. And there are, uh, there are hordes of those people out there that tell you, you got to work until it hurts. And I tried doing that and it got me nowhere. It was mm-hmm. when I worked in a way that made me feel good and was mm-hmm. fulfilling and wasn't a burnout. And it didn't. you know what, it wasn't a burnout because I loved it. And I I paced myself and I did things properly and I used my time wisely. I worked smarter, not harder. Working harder is just like, just silly. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes, you know, it's like, I remember when I worked in a tool shop, uh, or sorry, a steel shop, and they'd be sharpening tools. And the, the the foreman said, you know, he said, I find it funny and it's kind of like in life. You know, if I want to cut a soft metal, I need to get a harder metal, right? Like this, you know, whatever blade we're sharpening on that day. So we need to get a harder metal. But to sharpen this harder metal, I got to use this softer stone mm-hmm. to sharpen that. And it just kind of goes to show you like the harder thing isn't always the better approach, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, just, it was just like a, a neat little thing you pointed out and it stuck with me. And I wish I heard it more because I was like, you know, a teenager working that job in the summer. I wish I really like took that in. But now I just feel like, yeah, like it's it's don't listen to those toxic people. You just got to pace yourself and be true to what you want, what you think the vision is and what how you want to work. And if you stick to it, it will happen. You know, as long as you're keeping up on your education and knowing the latest software and you actually have the technical skill to do what you want to do it's just about like you know stick to it and that's it and then and 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 i often get people now that say oh why don't you try making merch or do this other side thing do this side thing and i'm like i'm at the point right now where i'm like nope i'm just like
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm on this quest if it's not making watches then forget it like i do have other clients that pay the bills and do design stuff but like when I'm looking for new stuff, it's, 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 you know, I'm trying to lead everything down the funnel into this one path where it's like, I want to do this and this is what's going to be fulfilling and not make me feel, make me feel burned out. And I'm going to enjoy every day. And that's what it's about, man. So I don't know. That was a long, long rant, but that is, uh,
0: I think that's some fantastic and very inspirational advice, honestly, though. I mean, honestly, take, 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 if you're a young person listening to the show or you follow Matt's work or you follow my work or anything. I mean, I waited till I was, I mean, I was waited until I was already far into my career and now I'm 29. I started this when I was 28, you know, and, and you I wish so I, young. <laughs> I know, I know, I know I'm young. I know I'm, I'm, I'm younger, but it's still like, I wish I'd started this sooner. Right. I mean, who knows where the show could have been if I'd started this sooner. Right. So take that, you know, I think the advice is take that chance on yourself, take that chance to invest in yourself and, and follow your own passions. And one of the other thing I find that's really interesting is it's sort of like when you are on that right path that you've described where you're passionate and you don't feel burnt out you can kind of go to work with a smile on your face. It's amazing how you know, where you're on that right path, the universe kind of conspires to keep you on that path. You know, it kind of, other opportunities come, other things come your way, other, you know, other doors open for you that you never would have thought of even happening, but because you're on that right path and that shows in your enthusiasm and in your work and and your interaction with the objects that you're designing, more opportunities come from that. So I think that's that's fantastic advice. And I'll say
1: one last thing I'll add is, ask people too Mm -hmm. because you never know who's going to mentor you and take you Mm -hmm. in and and show you things right like i mentioned earlier emmanuel like you know i've i've had calls with him where i'm just like i don't know what to do i want to achieve this thing or i want to get somewhere and maybe he doesn't even have the answers and that's helpful too because sometimes it's just like nobody has the answers we all just try something and that's what you got to do you know Mm -hmm. like I, i and 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 just talking it out but like you know like yeah if you are a designer and for some reason you're you know, following me and you want to like, you ask me, I don't know, like, I don't know how much time I'll have in a day to respond to everyone, but I try to right? like, Mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, or, or another designer you follow, if you like them and you like their work and you have a question you want to ask them, you think the answer would be helpful to you. Just like hit them up, comment, uh, ask them a comment, hit them up on the thing, like send them an email. You know, there, there are ways to reach people now multiple ways to reach people. and, And I think that, you know, I, I'm happy to help somebody who wants to, you know, achieve the things that that I would have wanted to achieve. I'm happy to help. And I think, you know, that's the same thing. If, if someone came to you and was like, hey, I want to know about this, you'd mm-hmm. gladly tell them about what you did to get to where you are. And, you know, avoiding, I think civilization grows on like every generation tries to do just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of like even your grandparents and what they went through and how they treated your parents and they tell you the horror stories and they maybe walk to school both ways, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, but then they're, to you, and it's like they're a little better, and that our, us with our kids, we've learned a bit more, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you know considering this started with people like sacrificing each other and <laughs> burning each other at the stake <laughs> in terms of a, you know societal norms and now we're at the part where we're really starting to have conversations about how people feel and how we can nurture and support one another and do things in a positive direction not through violence and fear and blah blah blah, blah. like mm-hmm. I mean it took a long time to get down there it's yeah. like a rock tumbler it started very sharp but now we're getting smoother yeah. so you know anyways we would you would gladly I would gladly just as you or someone else would hand on that knowledge to like help someone avoid those harder bumps
0: I think 90% of the things that happen in this space just start with the conversation and that's yep. all that comes, right? You just you, can, you never know if you don't ask and you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So that's You got it. That's right. That's right. 100%, 100%. All right, man. Well, you know, this has been an absolutely fantastic episode. As always, you're a treat to have on. You're always doing something cool. You always have some really unique insights in, into the space and design and the hobby in general. What are some of the landing spots that people can go to uh, interact with your content, uh, hear more, see more about the, uh, the Vero Workhorse, or if they just want to chat with you?
1: yeah i mean i I'm, I'm on instagram a lot so that is at uh, teenage dot grandpa uh with uh, the little green horn hand doing 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 this uh that's the account where i talk to a lot of people i actually do a lot of work through there too and get a lot of leads through there so instagram is kind of like my main thing uh i do have a website for my studio which is uh, sentient uh which is you know that's other design work it needs a little bit of a update in terms of content, but that's where I put some of my other work. Uh, but yeah, I'm mostly teenage grandpa. And the other thing too is like follow Vero uh, at, you know, Vero watch company on Instagram. Uh, they, you know, are going to be sharing a lot and they repost a lot of cool, you know, like user experiences with the, in their stories about the watch. And also they're sponsoring. Uh, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but like they're sponsoring my ride to Cocker cancer, which is next weekend, which is great. I've already hit my target goal. Of fundraising uh, but you can like if you go to my instagram p- profile you can st- I still have the link there to my profile and you can donate to princess margaret which is a cancer research center gives back to everybody in terms of no knowledge- oh, i think i froze there for a second gives back to everybody in terms of uh you know the treatment options that will become available and it's a cause i really believe in so uh yeah and I- i'm thankful for vero for sponsoring my my ride and uh you know that's it hit me up on instagram
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'll drop uh, links to all those kind of spots as well in the description box below on YouTube and on all the podcast platforms, so definitely, guys, head over there, check them out, talk to Matt, check out his work, check out Vero, obviously, you know, Vero's doing great stuff as well as a brand as well. So. Matt and Vero can't go wrong there's always going to be something cool there to check out uh, likewise for myself if anyone has any questions, comments, feedback or just wants to chat you can shoot me an email at ricoswatchespodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com additionally much like Matt uh, I also am on Instagram quite a lot it's kind of the central hub for the show uh, you can reach me there at ricoswatchespodcast on Instagram shoot me a DM I usually get back to people uh, very quickly and um, yeah other than that if you're enjoying my episodes in an audio medium across all the audio uh, podcasting platforms that I'm on. You can also check it out in a video medium at my Insta or my uh, Rico's Watches podcast YouTube channel which is just Rico's Watches podcast on YouTube. There's over 80 plus videos there uploaded. Most of them are video of my talking bald head chatting with my wonderful guests and you can see their smiles and laughs and some of the cool watches they're holding up or the things that they're describing as well on camera there as well. Matt. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Eric. I, honestly, I love our conversations and chatting of before the show, too. And, uh, you know, it's great to catch up. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate you giving me this space and giving me your
0: time and attention, man. And, and thank you so much. 100%. We'll have to do it again soon, and I'm sure we will. You take care and have a wonderful day. All right, man. Easy. Peace.